Welcome to the Mr. Reagan 2020 Candidate Special Part 3. Mr. Reagan. Jay Inslee. Jay Inslee is a one-issue candidate, climate change. The reason fundamentally I'm running is because we need a president who will say this. Uh, America is going to defeat climate change. It is our destiny. And we will do this. He was asked by Abby Huntsman on The View several times what other issues he might defeat Donald Trump on, and his response was always tied to climate change. Economy? Pumping money into the Green New Deal will improve the economy. National security? Combating climate change will stop illegal immigration. This guy is obsessed with climate change. It's weird. Now, you'll have to forgive me. I know it's a torture, but... I've got to talk about my favorite VPN, Virtual Shield. Did you know that Facebook expects to face a $5 billion fine from the Federal Trade Commission as a result of an investigation into its privacy policies? Let me read a little bit about this. Okay, the probe centers around the violation of a 2011 agreement Facebook made with the FTC that required that the social media site gain explicit consent from users to share their data. Once again, big data fails to protect consumer privacy. So why do we keep trusting them? We shouldn't. And one way to fight back is with a virtual private network, a VPN. This will block your IP address from big data constantly spying on you. Virtual Shield is my personal favorite VPN because it is the fastest and the easiest to use. Plus, they will never sell or share your data with anyone else. Stop trusting free big data sites. Get a VPN and fight back. All right, so this month, uh, Virtual Shield is offering a Memorial Day sale of 30% off all VPN plans and all premium add-ons, including Protection Plus, residential access, monthly maintenance, uh, phone support, and VIP performance plans. Um, And you can get this for as low as $3 a month, $3 a month. Also, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial. So sign up for Virtual Shield VPN for 30 days. You have nothing to lose. They are one of the fastest VPNs to use. They are one of the easiest VPNs to use. And their no-log policy protects your data from data breaches. Protect your data now. Go to virtualshield.com slash Mr. Reagan for 30% off. The link, as usual, is in the description. All right, now let's break down the 2020 field. That's not the number one issue for many, many people in this country. So how are you going to make waves on that? Climate change is an economic growth engine. This is a health issue. This is a national security threat because it's going to drive mass migrations that destabilize governments around the world. This is an issue that touches everything we hold dear. I don't understand why, how we even have people like this in public office, much less running for president. He's been an ecomaniac for like the past 10,000 years. The, the guy's been a one-issue guy forever. And it's weird because he's, he's promoted a lot of disproven theories over the years, like the idea that climate change destabilizes governments and causes war and facilitates human migration. And he's supported ineffective solutions to the climate change hysteria, like investing in wind energy and solar energy. I tried finding funny, interesting, or really anything else on Jay Inslee, and there just isn't a lot. He's truly a one-issue candidate. He's got a long history of advocating for marijuana legalization, and he's virulently against Donald Trump. Surprise, surprise. Honestly, the only interesting thing about Jay Inslee is that he speaks out of the side of his mouth like Bill Murray in Caddyshack. We saw ashes on the hoods of cars in Seattle. Our forests are now burning. The peril is quite obvious and very personal. I have to think like an animal. It's never possible to look like one. 
And that's not even really a criticism. I think it actually endears him to voters. I mean, how much do people love Bill Murray? John Hickenlooper. John Hickenlooper is actually the only legitimate capitalist running on the Democratic side. Hickenlooper is a geologist who worked for an oil company and eventually started his own business, Wincoop Brewing Company in Colorado. He became the mayor of Denver and then the governor of Colorado, and now he's running for president. As owner of several pubs and taverns, Hickenlooper used to hold an event called The Running of the Pigs, in which pig farmers would create a, a stampede. It was sort of a satirical event uh, pattern after the running of the bulls in Pamplona, Spain. Animal rights activists, as you might imagine, protested, and so he changed the event to The Pleasuring of the Pigs, uh, a modified event in which pigs were lovingly paraded around on leashes. The animal rights activists still complained because that's what animal rights activists do. Uh, so he's a business owner who worked for an oil company, and he's adamantly pro-fracking, and his arch nemeses are animal rights activists. He's also a straight white male, and he's deeply against negative campaigning, and generally a nice guy. I'm John Hickenlooper, and I guess I'm not a very good politician, because I can't stand negative ads. Every time I see one, I feel like I need to take a shower, and you see a lot of them. With all the challenges we face, Colorado needs a governor who brings people together to create jobs and cut government spending. It's why I won't run negative ads. Pitting one group against another or one part of Colorado against another doesn't help anyone. And besides, we need the water. So how is he a Democrat again? <laughs> well, Hickenlooper is for the legalization of just about anything. Uh, Hickenlooper was the governor of Colorado when the state became the first to legalize recreational marijuana, but he's also for the decriminalization of cocaine and heroin. He's in favor of legalized prostitution, and he personally rejects the label of capitalist, um, stating that capitalism isn't working in America today. Capitalism right now isn't working in America. He believes in healthcare as a right, not a privilege, and he's bought into the climate change hysteria. And he's also against the death penalty. To be honest, he sounds like a lot of my libertarian friends. According to his memoir, growing up, he was a huge nerd. Now, in my experience, the huge nerds usually carry some resentment of the jocks and the popular kids well into adulthood, and resentful nerds tend to become big-time liberals. The problem with resenting popular kids and jocks, let's call them privileged, right, is that the privileged are sometimes the best people to learn from and to work with when it comes to improving the lives of the underprivileged, right? If you hate somebody because he's cooler than you, uh, you're probably going to avoid being like that guy. I mean, you hate him. Why would you want to be like him, right? But if you resist hating him and instead learn from that guy, you too could become a cool guy. See, resentment inhibits self-improvement. I met so many people who grew up uh, nerds or dorks or feeling ugly or hated or in some way marginalized, and they grew up with this deep resentment of successful people because who are the popular kids of adulthood? They're successful people. And very much like in high school, successful people are often real pricks. They think they're better than everybody else. Not all successful people are like this, of course, but enough are so that the nerd can, as an adult, they can justify their lingering resentment toward them. But despite the childhood nerd trauma, uh, Hickenlooper seems to be a very divided guy. When the marijuana law was passed in Colorado, he was actually against it, personally. Um, he's for fracking, and he's a genuine businessman, which 
which is a demographic that leftist voters hate passionately. He calls himself um, a, quote, extreme moderate, and uh, he believes he can negotiate from the center, bringing the left and the right together. In fact, he's so moderate that I think that he could call himself a Republican, and most people on the left would believe him. The right wouldn't, but the left would. At the end of the day, Hickenlooper is a nice guy. Um, he's got some interesting views on stuff, um, but he's never going to be elected president. To be honest, I'm not even sure he'll get a minor foothold in this race. The most noteworthy thing about Hickenlooper is that he went to see a porno with his mom in a movie theater. He writes about this in his autobiography. Back in the 1970s, before the internet or DVDs or cable TV or VCRs, if you wanted to see a porno, you had to go to a porn theater. If you want to see a great example of this experience, watch Taxi Driver. You gotta be kidding this is a dirty movie. And it's totally relevant to the, the Hickenlooper story because it's kind of how the Hickenlooper story should have played out, right? I mean, his mom should have ran out of the theater screaming. Uh, but instead, his mom and him both sat through the entire movie. John Hickenlooper is an endangered species. He's a 1990s era Democrat. He doesn't understand that the party has moved on. He still thinks that Democrats are willing to compromise with the Republicans or willing to elect a straight white guy. Honestly, he's better off shedding the left-wing delusions about minorities and women and gays being oppressed, apply some of his pragmatic, rational thinking, accept the reality that the left passionately hates white people and men and Christians, and, and come on to our side. We welcome the libertarian set. It's, it's all good, John. We'll embrace you. <laughs> to his credit, Hickenlooper is the only candidate on my list here who hasn't, as far as I've seen, viciously criticized Donald Trump. The most negative thing I've heard him say is that he thinks Trump is unqualified. John Hickenlooper will not get the nomination. I don't hate the guy. You know, like me, he's an optimist, but he's irrationally optimistic, delusionally optimistic. John Hickenlooper's net worth is estimated to be between $5 million and $10 million. Tim Ryan. Now, I know what you're saying. Who? Trust me, you're not the only one asking this question. Tim Ryan is a U.S. House representative from Ohio. He announced his candidacy on The View, which makes him totally awesome. I'm going to run for president of the United States, and we're going to make sure... It's right here on The View. Right here. Your first time ever on the yeah. show. Well first done, sir. Thank you. He explained his reason for running as, my daughter called me crying one day because her friend was moving away, and so I'm running for president. Seriously, that's what he said. I can go back just a few weeks where my daughter called me crying from school because her friend was crying to her. Her dad just got transferred at the local General Motors plant. The kids had to move. Yeah. And my daughter called me and she said, you got to do something. And I said, I'm going to do something. And I'm going to run for president of the United States. Oh. Okay, that's a, that's a strange way to help a friend. I, I feel like I'm going to start using that. Next time a friend asks me to pick them up from the airport, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'll help you, Dave, by running for president. <laughs> Now, remember, Trevor Noah is as loony left-wing as the rest of them. He, he viciously mocked the Covington High School student, Nicholas Sandman, after it was shown that Sandman was the victim. Look at that face. You want to punch that face? The kids came out and they were like, we, we were afraid. I'm like, get the f*** out of here, man. You don't have to lie and be like, we were afraid. He's like, I was trying to defuse the situation. You weren't trying to defuse shit, man. I was just there in a Catholic school. You were like... The MAGA hats is also a thing that you have to acknowledge as people. Like, the MAGA hats is a very 
explicit, you know, political symbol. You know what, you know how it makes people feel. You know, it's like, yeah, look at that, I got my MAGA hat. What are you going to do about it? Got that, you know? And then after you cry, you're like, I don't get why the people, why do they think that I hold certain views? It's like, what, what do you mean? Because of the, because of that, you know what the hat symbolizes. But even Trevor Noah can't help but to ridicule this campaign announcement. But okay, it's not really a legitimate criticism. It's fun to joke about, but an awkward campaign announcement does not disqualify one for running for, for president. What does disqualify one for running for president is having zero reasons for running for president. And that, I think, is why Tim Ryan is not a serious contender. His platform is bring jobs back to America. But Trump is already doing that. Trump has been successful in regrowing the manufacturing uh, sector in the United States by any metric, despite ridicule from the Democrats. When somebody says, like the person you just mentioned, who I'm not going to advertise for, that he's going to bring all these jobs back. Well, how exactly are you going to do that? What are you going to do? There's, the, there's no answer to it. He just says, well, I'm going, I'm going to negotiate a better deal. Well, how, what, how exactly are you going to negotiate that? What magic wand do you have? Some of those jobs of the past are just not going to come back. The U.S. economy added 263,000 jobs in April. For perspective, that's the best unemployment number since December of 1969. In light of Trump's success, I don't understand why Tim Ryan is running at all. Isn't that exactly what Trump said, though, running in 2016? Yeah. 70% of the country say that they feel like we're in good economic times right now. Uh, it's not, not where I come from. The numbers are great. I mean, we're like beating everybody. In the, we're number one in the Midwest. We're six or seven in the country. Tim Ryan is an old school Democrat who's courting the votes of the white working class labor unions. For pretty much the entire history of labor unions in America, unions have had a pretty sweet deal with Democratic politicians. Labor unions give tons of money to Democrat campaigns and also you know, volunteer tons of time and effort toward the Democrat, you know, get out the vote effort. And in exchange, Democrats would always fight for legislation that was favorable to unions. In recent years, union membership has dwindled. They no longer have the power that they once did. Furthermore, Democrats, most notably Hillary Clinton, have turned their backs on union folks. The left constantly demonizes the typical white working class person with their rhetoric. So most white union guys have shifted from the security of the quid pro quo pact with Democratic politicians and you know, toward voting for pro-business guys like Donald Trump, something many union guys never thought that they would ever do, and it's because the Democrats have abandoned them. Mark is a lifelong Democrat who this year switched parties in order to vote for Donald Trump. Yeah, I'm a Trump supporter. What we have in the past is not working, so why not do something different? And again, most of these guys who would have been in the union 50 years ago, they're no longer part of unions anymore. So not only is Tim Ryan running on a pointless platform for a constituency that no longer exists, but he's a straight white male. Another straight white male. Every time I see a straight white male claim to be a Democratic voter, I think, okay, this guy, this guy's trying to trick left-wing girls into sleeping with him. But every time I see a straight white male claiming to be a Democratic politician, I think, wow, does this guy not know what's going on in the world? I mean, in the case of the OGs like Biden, it makes sense. He's got a lot of power and he wants to keep it. But in the case of Swalwell or Beto or Inslee or Hickenlooper or, or, or Delaney or this guy, Tim Ryan, I just think, what the heck are you thinking? 
excuse my language. You know, I made the excuse my language joke in a previous video, and a surprising number of guys wrote non-ironically, did you just say excuse my language for saying what the heck? Yeah, I did. This It's called a joke, guys. I'm from Oregon. We tend to speak sarcastically, sometimes 100% sarcastically. Every word, it, it can get a little confusing, actually. Incidentally, the word for people who do not laugh is ageolasts. Now, I'm gonna step out on a limb here and say that Tim Ryan will be the very first candidate to drop out. Tim Ryan's net worth is estimated at about $400,000. Kristen Gillibrand. Oh no, it's Kirsten, shoot. I like... once uh, said the F word in front of Joe Lieberman and I think he blushed for a full two minutes. Kirsten Gillibrand is a senator from New York who first came to prominence by calling for Al Franken to resign. He needed to go. And then for Bill Clinton to resign, back in time. Clinton should have resigned. And then for Trump to resign. I think he should resign. I guess she found that she gets attention whenever she calls for people to resign, so that became her thing. And then she was able to step further into the spotlight for being super annoying during the Kavanaugh hearings. I want to really have Dr. Blasey Ford's back tomorrow, so I'm going to sit behind her. Not only do I support her, but I believe her. Gillibrand used to be a centrist, what was called a blue dog Democrat, but as the Democratic Party shifted left because of crazy progressives, Gillibrand has also shifted left. Uh, she used to be for gun, gun rights, now she's for gun control. She used to be hard on immigration, now she is, she's on board with the whole abolish ICE thing. You have previously been a hardliner on immigration. You have supported making uh, declaring English as the official language of the United States, as well as cracking down on sanctuary cities. Uh, when you're running against a xenophobic demagogue like Donald Trump, how can you stand firm with the shaky record that you have on immigration? Well, when I was a, a member of Congress from upstate New York, um, I was really focused on the priorities of my district. Uh, when I became senator of the entire state, I recognized that some of my views really did need to change. They were not um, thoughtful enough and didn't care enough about people outside of the original um, upstate New York district that I represented. Gillibrand is the quintessential fair-weather politician. That is, she has no firm set of political principles. She steers her policy in whichever direction the Democratic voting wind happens to be blowing. Now, this indicates that she cares not so much about improving the lives of Americans, but rather getting votes, staying elected, and staying in power. Kirsten Gillibrand is essentially running on the hashtag MeToo platform. She's the strong female feminist candidate. I think she kind of sees herself as Hillary 2.0. Hillary without the first lady provenance. Hillary Clinton is still my greatest role model in politics. Trump has pointed out that she was brought into the Senate by Chuck Schumer as a sort of apprentice senator or something. Somebody who could do exactly what Chuck Schumer says. She's just a puppet of Schumer. You know that. He put her there. Now, she did get installed into the Senate, an upgrade from the House of Representatives where she had been serving, simply because Hillary Clinton stepped away from the Senate to take the attorney general position under Barack Obama. He called her a lightweight. He wrote she would be begging for contributions and would, quote, do anything for them. Of course, she responded to the criticism by saying that Trump was a sexist because we're not allowed to criticize women anymore, ever. It's really a convenient technique that leftists can use, you know. You dare criticize me? Well, <laughs> there is nothing wrong with me whatsoever. It must be just your own evil bigotry, you evil bigot. How did you interpret that? As being a sexist smear. But as Trump has said, Kirsten Gillibrand is a lightweight contender for 2020. I really don't think she has a chance. She just isn't charismatic enough to take the nomination. And to be honest, she kind of reeks of soccer mom. And nothing against soccer moms, but 
Soccer moms are exactly the type of people that progressives abhor. In fact, if you, and they did a study on this, if you put a picture of a soccer mom in front of any shaved head lesbian feminist with a facial tattoo, she will burst into flames. That's a real thing. <laughs> My girlfriend laughed. <laughs> One amusing thing about Gillibrand is that her fellow congressman dubbed her Tracy Flick, the overachieving student played by Reese Witherspoon in the 1998 film Election. <laughs> I had to work a little harder, that's all. You see, I believe in the voters. They understand that elections aren't just popularity contests. They know this country was built by people just like me who work very hard and don't have everything handed to them on a silver spoon. It's not like some rich kids who everybody likes because their fathers own Metzler cement and give them trucks on their 16th birthday and throw them big parties all the time. No, they don't ever have to work for anything. They think they can just all of a sudden one day out of the blue waltz right in with no qualifications whatsoever and try to take away what other people have worked for very, very hard their entire lives. If you've not seen the film Election, it's worth a watch. Gillibrand also kind of seems like she might have inspired the character of Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Okay. I that, how did, how did you do this? Call in a few favors. Excuse me. And you must be Leslie No. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. You're, my, my, my name just came out of your mouth. Well, yeah, it did. <laughs> well, and I just want to say thank you. Well, you, you, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. You don't let anything happen to him. Do you understand me? He is precious cargo. Okay, I don't think she actually inspired the character. I think it's just a coincidence, but it's still funny. Despite Gillibrand looking like a cross between Cindy Brady and Samantha Stevens from Bewitched, she's put herself out there on a few issues, having said some provocative stuff. But it really looks like these incendiary statements are just desperate cries for attention. I don't think anybody really thinks that Gillibrand is the kind of strong progressive that the left really wants right now. She's a milquetoast moderate. She's a center-right, blue-dog Democrat playing, playing dress-up pretending to be a hardline progressive in order to get a few headlines on CNN and Fox News, but nobody's buying it. Nevertheless, I'll, I'll take the bait and I'll list a few of her outlandish positions. She said that illegal immigrants should get social security and citizenship. She's endorsed tearing down the current barriers along the U.S.-Mexico border. She's endorsed the Green New Deal by likening it to the Apollo moon landing. Uh, she said that women will die if Kavanaugh is confirmed. <laughs> Senator Sass said protesters have been screaming for decades that women are going to die. When you criminalize abortion and limit our reproductive health care, women die. It's not hysteria. We're in a fight for our lives. Sexist attacks won't stop us. Right? <laughs> this is insane. This tweet is crazy. To sit here and say that Ben Sass saying what he said is sexist, as a woman, I'm telling Senator Gillibrand that this is a hysterical tweet. One thing that could endear Gillibrand to voters is that apparently she swears like a sailor. You got the not wild potty mouth? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. I have bad mouth. It's kind of hilarious, actually, because she sounds like a 12-year-old girl. Where Buttigieg looks like a child and sounds like a middle-aged man, Kristen Gillibrand looks like a middle-aged woman and sounds like a child. Those two debating each other would be pretty hilarious. Now, I don't think she's ever going to actually see this, but if she did, she'd definitely call this criticism sexist. Because, you know, anytime you criticize a woman, 
sexist. But was that a sexist comment, saying that you were overly ambitious? Yes, of course. Of course it was. Of course it was. Kristen Gillibrand's net worth is $600,000. Julian Castro, the requisite Latino candidate. So I did a lot of research, and I discovered that Julian Castro was originally a blonde fictional character who called himself Beavis on a TV show called Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> hey, butthead, check it out. I already ate, like... Four burgers, three fries, and um, six milkshakes. Cool. <laughs> Ladies, beware. Yeah. Julian Castro is from San Antonio, Texas. Beavis and Butthead are from the fictional town of Highland, Texas. Coincidence? I think not. Mark my words, Snopes is going to check on this. Just watch. So, from everything I've read, Julian Castro hopes to be the, the Mexican Obama. And you can definitely see it. He's got a lot of it down. But where Obama pulled off the appearance of having a, a kind of a natural charisma to his followers, Julian Castro seems incredibly artificial. Now, I never thought when I was growing up on the west side of San Antonio that I would be speaking to you today about this. My name is Julian Castro, and I know the promise of America. Everything about Julian Castro seems like it's been workshopped. I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of Obama's charisma was, was manufactured, but Obama could kind of get away with that because he was convincing. He pulled off the performance. Julian Castro, though, he isn't convincing. He looks stiff and uncomfortable. He looks like, he looks like he's really trying hard to look like a perfect politician. And, you know, maybe he is great for the Democrats, but because he looks like he's trying... It looks like he's hiding something, and, and that turns people off. He looks phony. But having said that, I actually like Julian. I, I actually think he's a genuine guy. I know he comes across as a, as a phony, and he doesn't come across as charming or exciting. But, you know, I, I think if he were not a politician, maybe if he were in real estate or something, I mean, but if he were some random guy that I met at a party or something, I actually think that I'd like him. He seems even-tempered, relatively normal. Now, his mom was a big Latino political activist back in her day, and so it makes sense that he's a Democrat. But honestly, the guy needs to switch parties. I honestly think that he'd do better in our party. Kind of reminds me of uh, George Prescott Bush, who had a little excitement um, little excitement behind him a few years back before the fall of the Bush dynasty. Uh, I know everybody hates the Bushes these days, but I, I still like George Prescott. The values of our state are, are under attack, and it's being led by one man and one man only, and his name is President Barack Obama. And George Prescott actually endorsed Trump after Trump won the primary, which is something that I don't think any of the other Bushes did, but I digress. Now, Julian Castro is not... George Prescott Bush. He doesn't get the same attention, and he's, he'll never be as loved as I think George Prescott Bush could be. And this is because he's not a Republican. He's a Latino Democrat. And that's just boring. I mean, th this is a huge problem for Julio, because Obama has already given the left their ethnic minority president fix. And according to the great progressive chart of oppression, blacks are more oppressed than Hispanics. So going to Julian Castro would actually be a step down for the left. Bringing in a woman would at least be a lateral move. I think a, a non-white woman or somebody gay, that's really what excites them right now. Bernie being a communist give, gives him an edge, but Julian Castro just doesn't have anything new or interesting. They've already done the Obama thing. They, they want somebody exciting, somebody new. And I don't think Castro does it for them. The left is a fickle mistress, and they moved on from Julian Castro years ago. They've gone to Beto and now to Buttigieg, and I don't know who they're going to go to next, but sadly, it will not be Julian Castro. Julian Castro's net worth is $700,000. 
Well, that's it for me. Thanks for watching. If you like this video, hit the like button. If you want to see more like this, please subscribe. And if you hate me, your name is probably Seth Moulton or Wayne Messam. Sorry, guys. It was a long list. And to be honest, I got lazy toward the end. Good night. I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. Now, 